20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast, your one stop shop for everything green and gold. Mike Welland here with Tyler Grizzagork, and now joining us, Chris Schimmel, making this a trio for the Saturday morning. So, Chris, welcome to this group, and how's everything going? Everything's going pretty good. You know, thank God it's Friday, and the weekend's here. And uh, but overall, everything's good. Thanks for having me. And we're glad to have you joining along with us. It's it's been quite the journey already for the for the podcast crew. We've had so many episodes already. The draft is done. Free agency is done. Camps are underway, and the season is just around the corner, surprisingly, as we're still in just May. And with the Packers, a lot of turmoil, a lot of stuff coming up with new coaching staff, new players. And this is the year where some guys really need to bring it. It is a make-or-break year for a lot of guys on this roster. And so we figured that's a good spot for, for us to bring it up today. And before we do all that, don't forget, folks, check us out on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Follow us wherever podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We are going to be there. But with guys that need to break out and guys need to really bring it this year, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. So, Tyler, who's going to be your first guy that really needs to bring it in 2019 for the Packers? Yeah, I'm going to kind of take an easy approach at this one. You, you know, looking back at last year, uh, if Aaron Rodgers had been at tip-top shape and performing at the level that we're used to him performing at, uh, I think that this team – probably competes for a playoff spot uh, and not that he was bad last year but he wasn't his normal uh, transcendent talent self and uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers should definitely be on the list of guys that we need to look out for in 2019 of guys who are going to have to quote-unquote bring it and I'm excited to see what he's going to do in this new offense. I mean, I saw that press conference, or not press conference, I'm sorry, the interview that he had in his locker the other day, and he just looked giddy talking about these offensive concepts, and that's just awesome to see because I, I'm honestly trying to remember the last time I saw Aaron genuinely smile when he was talking about the team or about football and just, in general, the environment there. Um, it seems very upbeat. Everybody seems very excited, very happy. Uh, the floor, I think, has definitely injected a... a a sense of enthusiasm and excitement into the culture there. And uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to feed off of it. And I think he has to in 2019. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on Aaron? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, especially because number one, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He just signed that huge monster contract. And then also, if you take a look at just some of his stats from last year, you know, I'm a huge stats guy and you know, he completed 62.3% of his passes at the second lowest since he became a starter only 25 touchdowns, the fewest in a season where he's played at least 10 games. You know, he hung on to the ball too long. His accuracy wasn't there. He was sacked 49 times, fifth most in the league. So, yeah, he's going to have to bring it because I know even some of his numbers are still pretty darn good. 25 touchdowns, two interceptions, 97.6 passer rating. But we're so used to Aaron Rodgers just putting up huge, gaudy numbers that of course, we're going to expect him to bounce back because, I mean, how could he not? He bounced back after his poor 2015 season with a great year in 2016. So why would this year be any different? No, I'm with you guys 100% on that. I do think that this is the year, especially now that he doesn't have a broken leg, that he should be able to bounce back pretty well. He's got uh, some better linemen involved. I think the right guard spot will be solidified a lot better. Hopefully Lane Taylor's healthy, and we may even be talking about him later on as well. 
hopefully the health of the line can help out and he can go back to what he does best, which is get the ball out on time, get it to his receivers, let them make plays up and down the field. Because there's a lot of talent outside that can really help him to look like the quarterback that we've seen in the past. And I think this is a year for Aaron to really break out again and show why he is viewed as strongly as he is in, in over the past decade or so. So that being said, Chris, I'll go to you. Who's your first guy that really needs to step up this year? Okay, I have a whole bunch, and I'm just thinking, which one should I just put out there? But I'm going to go this year, Kevin King. Kevin King, the quarterback, of course, everyone knows that Ted Thompson traded back four spots from number 29 to number 33 and passed up getting T.J. Watt. And Watt, of course, 20 sacks, made the all-rookie team, and made it to the Pro Bowl last year. Well, Kevin King, in two seasons, he's played in just 15 games, finished only 10 of those, and has played just 32.4% of the defensive snaps due to injury. And then last year, he he had a, he always plays pretty well when he's on the field, but he was limited to just six games last year due to groin injuries, and then a hamstring injury forced him to go on IR. So I think he really needs to prove that he hasn't been an absolute bust, especially toward the end of you know Ted Thompson's career. So I think he, he really needs to bring it. Yeah, I think so as well. I think, yeah, the best ability is availability. That's the cliche that's been used over and over, and it is true. And while I'm not going to go on and on about the Watt thing because I think that's been overplayed to death, and I'm frankly fairly sick of it, I do think, yeah, King needs to be on the field. His ability when he's out there is stellar, and he has shown that he can be a lockdown corner when he's out there. And I think this year is his really his last chance to prove that he can be a starter in Green Bay. And if he can't be out there... They have Tony Brown, they have Jair, they have Josh Jackson, they have Tremont Williams for this year as well. There's exactly. guys that can replace him if they need him to, if he can't stay on the field. But but this team is much better when he's out there. They are a stronger team when he's out there. And the plays he made, especially in that San Francisco game with the game ceiling pick and some of the coverage plays he made on Marquise Goodwin, showed what he can do. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on Kevin King? Y'all stole all my words. Um, <laughs> everything I was going to say... Uh, <laughs> From selecting Kevin King to all the reasoning, you guys already covered it. But I, I can't, I can't disagree more. I mean, agree more that he needs to get on the field more and that he needs to be more available. I think he, you know, maybe Jair Alexander is the most talented corner on this roster. But I think you can make an argument for Kevin King and they're different. They're all different skill sets that they provide to the team. And I, I'm a big Kevin King truther. I think that he can be, he can be this team's number one corner. And I think he can do it extremely well, and I think he can be a game-changer. But he does need to get on the field, and I think that's why he needs to bring it in 2019. He needs to get healthy. You know, Maybe it's his first full offseason, uh, or second full offseason now, but I consider that, that first offseason not really a full one because he was dealing with that shoulder injury and had to go through surgery and such. Uh, so another offseason in the pros with, with the strengthening uh, conditioning staff. Uh, I'm looking... I'm looking for him to make another jump in 2019 from a health standpoint. I think he's getting there talent-wise and development-wise. I just I just need to see him on the field more. No, I agree. And so for my first guy that I think really needs to step up this year is going to be Jimmy Graham. Uh, everything I've read, he's a great guy in the locker room. He did a lot of good things working with Big Bob this year. They were really close. I think he's going to do a lot for Sternberger as well. But I also think last year... People talk all about the thumb, but that knee injury that he dealt with really limited him, I think, especially when it came to mobility and his routes. He couldn't plant his foot and really cut up field like he's done in the past. And I think if he's healthy, Jimmy Graham can still be a difference maker on this offense. 
He's still got that frame. He's still got fairly good hands. And he showed when he was healthy, whether it was in camp or family night or the preseason drive he had against Pittsburgh, that when he is fully healthy and his legs are functioning, he can be a guy who you can who you can count on. So I think his last year, like most likely in Green Bay, he, he's going to be a kind of auditioning as well for spots moving on from after this season. That if and if he can really step out this year, like we like we've seen in the past, like we know that the talent shows that he can do, this offense is going to be that much more dangerous in the middle of the field. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, and I always like to remind people that Jimmy Graham struggled basically his first year with Seattle too, before finally breaking out and having a much better year two there. But you know, just two touchdowns after posting sixty nine touchdowns in his first eight seasons. He caught a good 55 balls, but averaged just 11.6 yards per catch. And when you have a knee injury, I mean, you can understand why the yards per catch was so much lower. Imagine if how much higher it would be had he actually been able to run properly and didn't have that thumb issue. But the, but the fact that the Packers drafted Jay Sternberger in the third round believes he can be Graham's eventual replacement. So Graham's really going to have to prove it if he wants to stick around longer in Green Bay. And Tyler, I'll go to you. Yeah, and I'm kind of on the on the side of it doesn't matter how well he performs. <laughs> I, I think he's done in Green Bay regardless. Is you know, good too, point. <laughs> just looking at it from from a realistic perspective, you don't go and draft a tight end in the third round if you don't plan on them being a pretty immediate future within the next two years, maybe three. I know tight ends take a little bit longer to develop. Uh, maybe they see something in Tanyan. I, I don't even know if Tanya makes it out of camp. Sadly, so I, it's really up in the air position-wise, but I just am not even sure that Graham is on the roster next year. And if he is, uh, it's because something went terribly wrong with Sternberger. Uh, so I'm looking forward to him having, uh, we'll call it a bounce-back year in 2019. He didn't have a really bad year by any um, by any means in 2018. It just wasn't a Jimmy Graham year and wasn't what we expected from him. Tight end-wise, he still had a really good year. It, he just didn't put up the, t- the touchdown numbers, the, the explosive plays that we expected. The drops were pretty egregious. You know, stuff like that, it really kind of um, marred our vision and our image of him. And uh, I think that I think that he'll really kind of get it all together and put it all together in 2019. And quick before we go to our next spot, or our, our godfather, Andy Herman, the views of Tyler Grizzagork do not reflect those of Packaday Podcast as far as Robert Tanyan goes and any of our affiliate sponsors. <laughs> Same goes for anything we say about Tim Boyle. But So, Chris, I'll quick turn it back to you. Who's your next guy that really needs to step out in 2019? I'm going to go Geronimo Allison. Now, the Packers have invested three years in Allison, hoping that he makes a good return because he went off to a terrific start last year. You know, first four weeks, 19 uh, catches, 289 yards and two touchdowns. But then he suffers a concussion, misses a month, comes back, gets injured and requires surgery. And the fact that the Packers, you know, ignored the wide receiver position in the draft, really believing that Allison can step up. So he's really going to have to prove it to the to this team this year. This year is by far the biggest year of his career. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts on Geronimo? Yeah, he's going to be competing with guys like Jamon Moore, uh, Equinemia, St. Brown, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't think there's a clear-cut number two. I think we're going to see a conglomerate of those guys uh, playing that number two role. Uh, We'll see what LaFleur has in mind as far as some of the schemes and play designs that he wants to cook up. Because a lot of these guys offer different skill sets and different things to the offense. And I'm pretty excited to see how he uses them. 
Uh, I think Geronimo Allison has, of that group, the most trust from Aaron Rodgers. And as we've seen in the past, that's a big thing. So he's got that working for him. But I definitely think he has his work cut out considering he's a little bit older. Uh, He's in another contract year. A prove-it deal, if you will. Uh, And he's got the guys just behind him foaming at the mouse to get snaps and get catches. Uh, And they are under contract for the next two to three years. It, uh, you made that point for me. It's a contract year for Geronimo. This is his chance to addition for his next job, whether it's in Green Bay or another team that's hopefully not in the NFC North. And Chris, you're right as well. He was uh, he had a great start last year. He was on pace for a 1,000-yard season, and he showed a lot more wiggle last year and agility as well during his limited time on the field compared to years past. He showed that he could make some moves in space, and he his, well, he's got good hand. He's a good route runner. He's a guy, I think... The depth chart will say he's the number two. They'll move him around. They'll move MVS, EQ, Adams, Allison will all play in the slot as well. There's going to be a lot of moving parts in Matt Luthens. And when I look at a guy like Geronimo Allison, I think that if he shows what he did, continues what he did the first four weeks last season, the Packers receiving court could be in very good shape to have a safe, solid option behind Devontae Adams that can maybe take a little bit of pressure off guys like Adams and Graham and Aaron Jones out of the backfield as well. And yeah, I think he's a guy who's going to be more important than people realize going into 2019. So Tyler, I'll turn it back over to you. Who do you host? Do you think has to really step up in 2019? You know, I've got a list of guys that I could really pick from here. Uh, I'm going to really say the linebacking group though, and I'm going to throw Josh Jones in there. I'm going to kind of take a big blanket and just throw it over all these names. Blake Martinez, Josh Jones, Oren Burks. Somebody in this group has to really step up. Blake Martinez uh, is obviously in a contract year. You know, the, the real question for him is, does he fit this defense's identity moving forward? It's beginning to look like he doesn't. You know, maybe Mike Pettin feels differently. Um, I, I don't know how much they thought about or what they thought about Devin Bush and Devin White this past year. Uh, but I, I feel like they're going to be looking to add more speed at the linebacking core moving forward. Uh, I think Josh Jones is going to get opportunities to play in the box this year because that's I just I feel like we say this every offseason off now, but it's just the truth. He, he has to get those opportunities before they just say, you know, adios. And Oren Burks, he struggled towards the end of the year last year. I know he had that injury. Uh, and we've seen it in the past, too, when players fell out of favor with Mike McCarthy, regardless if it was on offense or defense. They just really didn't see the field that much. So we'll see if a, a coaching change as far as the floor goes, if that helps him get on the field more, if he can really take that year two leap, his first full offseason uh, as a Packer, as an NFL player. Uh, we'll see if he can really take that year two leap, and, I, and I'd like to see his, his athleticism get on the field as well. Uh, Chris, your opinions on the linebacking group? Well, you know, I love Blake Martinez the same way Andy loves Tim Boyle. I mean, the guy's my boy. He... he Tied for the league, league in, set, in tackles two uh, two years ago, 146 again this year, you know, and then he had I think five sacks. But what really makes Blake Martinez special to me is his is his brain, smart Stanford guy. So I really feel that he's in he's in good condition to to be resigned after this year. And uh, if he doesn't, you're really going to have to draft somebody higher in the draft in order to replace a guy like Martinez. That's just my opinion. But uh, overall, yeah, the linebacking group, especially Josh Jones, because. A couple years ago, when they drafted Josh Jones, he was the guy I was very excited about because he was a big safety who could play inside linebacker because you saw more and more safeties playing in the box and the linebacker position. And I thought the Packers finally got their guy, and he's just been nothing but a huge disappointment ever ever since. And uh, so I think, yeah, definitely Josh Jones. 
Yeah, when I look at the linebacker group, I, I, I'm with you, Chris. I am a big Blake Martinez guy, and he showed up bigger in better shape. He said he lost 2% body fat, and he gained 15 pounds of muscle this offseason. Yeah, he, he's gotten bigger, better every stronger, year. Faster. He's gotten better every oh, year. That's what I think. I don't, I'm not saying he's a top-five linebacker in the entire league. I'm, I think he's he's above average. He's I think he's a really good fit, and I just it seems like the Packers haven't had a great – stud inside linebacker in so many years so if they don't re- don't sign martinez i don't see them really getting an, a, a stud unless they draft somebody really high in the draft which they haven't done really since aj hawk yeah they it really has probably been nick since nick barnett since they've had that stud middle linebacker yeah. but i agree with you guys on josh jones as well he's a guy and i think he's the opposite of martinez whereas martinez may have some athletic limitations josh jones seems to take a little bit too long to process things if he's just read and react, he's very strong. But when he has to really pr- process what's going on in the field, he's that step slow. And that's something he's really going to need to shape up this year. Same with Oren Burks. Both guys have all the athletic gifts in the world. But if they can't process on the field, on the, the fly, they're not going to last long in the NFL. And same thing with a guy like Crawford, who's a special teams monster. That if he, if he has to see the field this year on defense, they could be some trouble on the defensive side of the football. But I, I agree with you guys. I think that's a linebacking position, especially with all the stuff they did in the draft, bringing in the safeties and linebackers and defensive linemen a little bit as well, and signing all the things they did. The one spot they did not really address was middle linebacker. And so if they are expecting a big breakup for those guys, it has to happen. It has to happen soon, especially if they do lose Martinez, whether it gets priced out of their range or whether they decide not to offer him, they really need to figure out what's going on there because Mike Penn's defense is going to depend on it. And so uh, moving on for my my guy that I think needs to break out or bounce back, I guess, for me would be is going to be Lane Taylor. Uh, all the talk is in the offensive line and the two guard spots. And the talk is that Elton Jenkins might take Taylor's spot or he might go to right guard. Billy Turner might slot in at guard. You have Cole Madison back, Lucas Patrick, McCray. All these guys are in there. But Lane Taylor has been a pretty good player since he took over for Josh Sitton those, all, those few years ago. He's been a good left guard. He hasn't been spectacular, but he's been steady and solid until last year when theme again, battling injuries. He was never healthy at all last year. He had some knee problems and I think he had some, uh, some back problems as well. And he's a guy where he's a road grader. He's a pile mover. He's a guy who's going to bring that attitude. He's the enforcer of the line as well. So I think having him out there benefits the team more than it would having someone else out there right now. Also, a contract situation coming up as well, whether they want to keep him after this year and or free up some cap face moving on and trusting a guy like Elton Jenkins or Turner or Madison or whoever. Taylor's in a big year for himself to try and prove that he is still the left guard for this team for the foreseeable future. And if he can't prove it, then he's going to be looking for another spot. Tyler, what are your thoughts on Lane Taylor? You know, I... He's obviously got a hot seat that he's sitting on right now with, with Elton Jenkins being drafted pretty highly, one of the highest offensive linemen they've drafted in the last 10 years, uh, probably since Brian Bulaga. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't think there is anybody else. Spriggs. Spriggs. Okay, so. Uh, Spriggs. <laughs> Spriggs is on. You know, that's another guy we could talk about that has to bring it in 2019. But uh, the point is. Uh, bring like, anything with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a fine backup tackle for, for what you know, in the second round, obviously hasn't lived up to that potential, but I think he's a fine backup tackle in this league. As far as the, he's, he's gotten better over the past couple of years. Yes, he has. That's, that's the point is he's getting better. Maybe he's not, he's probably never going to be a starter in this league, but he's definitely backup 
level. He's definitely backup worthy. And I'm looking at Lane Taylor. He's definitely got a hot seat with Elton Jenkins sitting there. Billy Turner's probably not going to slide over to the left. He's probably going to stay on the right side pretty uh, strictly, I guess if that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, he He's going to be competing for that right tackle spot. Uh, Blog is not going to lose that, but for the future right tackle spot, Elton Jenkins could be cont- uh, competing for that right guard or left guard spot. You know, maybe they're looking to groom him for Corey Lindsley's departure in a year or two. I, you know, I don't really know what their plans are for Ellen Jenkins, but he can play anywhere along that line. And I, I don't think McCray should feel safe at all. Another name we could throw out there, but Lane Taylor definitely uh, is going to have his head. He's going to be looking back over his shoulder, I should say, and uh, he's going to be pretty concerned throughout training camp in the preseason of losing his job to Jenkins because uh, I just think that Turner's your starting right guard. So I think your competition's really at left guard. Chris, your thoughts on Taylor? Ditto. <laughs> you guys Look. hit the nail on the head. I mean, yeah, Lane Taylor is a great, good player. He did suffer some, uh, have some uh, injuries in last year, but with the huge offseason they've had, I think he comes back with a vengeance and he plays really well. Okay, so very quickly, let's just go around one more time. We do a more of a rapid fire, one more player each to figure out who needs to step up. And Chris, I'll go to you first again. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Daniels. Because he's, of course, contract year. He's turning 30. Uh, and he missed six and a half games last year after missing only two from 2013 to 2017. And, you know, and he, he had only a career, he had a career low two sacks last year. So I think, but when he's at his peak, the guy's an absolute force. So I think he really is going to have to play, not just as his future for a Packer, which I doubt they're going to re-sign him, but also just a future for any other team in the league. So I think Daniels is going to have to bring it. Okay, Tyler, who's your next player that's got to break out? Uh, Josh Jackson. He needs to have a year year two leap. Uh, A lot of these guys that we're talking about, you know, need to have that year two or year three leap. Uh, but Josh Jackson specifically, he was a second round pick. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of buzz around him during the draft. I, you know, I fell victim to, he got drafted by the Packers, so he's really good mentality. But before the draft, I was actually really worried about some of his ball skills. Or not ball skills, but some of his movement skills. And his ball skills were obviously top-notch. But I was worried about some of his, his movement skills and ability to match and coverage and stuff like that. But then I kind of flip-flopped once he got drafted. But I realized that I had to go back to my initial analysis because it, sh- it did show up last year in his rookie year. Uh, there's just some some real concerns about his ability to move in coverage. And I'm looking to see if maybe he can... Uh, be put in better positions possibly by Mike Patton or if he can adapt uh, his, his playing style a little bit more. Uh, there was some conversation about him being able to press. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think he has the length for it, but I just don't think that that's his best uh, ability or where he's going to succeed in the NFL. So I'm really looking for Josh Jackson to develop and take that year two leap. All right, and for my last one, I'm going to look. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a duo. It's a special teams duo. It's Mason Crosby and Trevor Davis. Uh, Crosby, for the with the exception of one game, he was pretty good last year. And the less said about that Detroit game, the better, because that was a nightmare scenario right out of it. So let's hope that never happens again. But outside of that and the Arizona kick, he was a pretty good player, but he's been around a while. He's got a lot of wear on that right leg. And, and again, another guy... Uh, higher salary for a kicker i think it's a contract year for him as well so he needs to prove that he's gonna be a packer for another couple years yet so that's interesting there and then trevor davis one stay on the field stop hurting yourself on special teams and two is there another returner on the roster that can usurp him 
is it going to be Jair Alexander? Will it be uh, uh, Darius Shepard? Will it be Jaweel Davis, who they just claimed? Could it be someone like Aaron Jones? Could it be anyone out there who's going to take that spot from him as a returner or and a gunner? That may that's otherwise he's going to be on the roster again doing just those two things, and that could maybe cost another more talented player, whether it's a Robert Tanyan or a Lucas Patrick or Lane Taylor, who's not going to make the roster because of you need to keep that return guy and you need to keep your top-flight gunner in there. So I think those two guys really need to either step up or step out this year, and it's going to all going to happen in August. So it's, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of guys that the Packers are looking toward to make that 2019 jump, whether it's young guys, veterans, or the ancient like Mason Crosby. So as we wrap things up on this edition of the Packaday Podcast, Chris, where can people find you and what are you writing on or what are you working on? Me, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chris Schimmel and then my uh, my personal website, SchimmelSports.com. And uh, Tyler? Yeah, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. Kind uh, Kind of currently taking a little bit of a vacation or break from football writing, but uh, I've been uh, kind of crowdsourcing some ideas, and I have some plans for the summer as far as maybe uh, evaluating Lola Fleur offense, going and looking at the Rams from last year, uh, seeing what Petten can do with some of these guys. So I've got some things in the works, but uh, probably closer to the end of May. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Mike Welland, all one word. I'm still writing for Dreyland Express. Took a bit of a hiatus for a while to deal with some stuff at work as radio station work gets kind of chaotic at times. But we'll also be here again every other week for the Packet Day Podcast as well with the three of us next Saturday as well. And again, follow us on at Twitter, at Packet Day Podcast. They retweet all of the great work that all of our contributors do as well. And listen to us wherever you can find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there as well. So for Chris Schimmel and Tyler Grezegorek, this is Mike Wendland saying so long. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks and of course go pack go go pack go shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46 yard line of dallas they empty the shotgun Cobb in motion to the left side rogers looks it over against the snap back pedals now under some pressure steps up throws it over the middle Adams, 30 turns upfield 25 cutting right to the 20 15 10 5 Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown rogers Looks it over, starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's hot. What did it go? It is caught for a touchdown.